further ado, why don't we get started? Or do we have do we have a topic you want to come in on, Chris? Like no, normally no. Do? Go ahead. And, no. Hey, by the way, eighty six. By, by the way. Oh yeah, episode eighty six. By the way. Oh, you're 86. checking with me now. This is going to be. I know this is going to be the intro because you're feeding me the number that I always <laughs> seem to get wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I can look, and Chris actually doesn't have it correct in the show notes. I have it correct every time. And be, this is not true. It was one time. <laughs> and you've lied That happened about to be like four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you, one time, four episodes. Like it was the same it was, number I wrote all of them episodes. on one day. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, then welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Press Play to Save, episode number, as I'm told, 86. Ah, 86, 86. Your favorite 86. podcast for gaming parsimoniously. But hey, we've got an additional treat today. We do. Are you ready for this? We have cookies. Yes, we do. <laughs> there are some cookies, uh, but we weren't supposed to tell that because the person on the on the line, <gasps> we didn't get the cookies to them in time. Sorry. Yeah. So unfortunately, um, uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But we have joining us today is uh, Mr. Jay Karchi from Bandai Namco Entertainment. That's correct. I'm so glad you got the name of our company right. That's really impressive. I have been saying Namco Bandai <laughs> for the longest time. When I swear you guys changed it, didn't well, you? Well, let me give you a brief history. Please, yes. give us the rundown. So, a long time ago, it was two separate companies, Bandai and Namco. Right. And Bandai um, bought Namco. So, Bandai owns Namco. So, in Japan, it was Bandai Namco because Bandai's huge in, in Japan. Right. And, uh, but in the States at the time, this was, I don't know, like, five, six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. I don't really know. the um, Namco was a bigger name in the States. Oh. So there was like all the Pac-Man arcades, exactly. stuff like that. Exactly, Pac-Man. So in the States, for whatever reason, I mean, I don't know how this came to be. I wasn't working at the time. They decided that it was going to be Namco Bandai in the States. Yeah. And so they they were actually separate. The logo says Bandai Namco, but in the States, it was Namco Bandai. And then mm. about a year or so ago, they're like, you know what? Let's be normal. Let's flip it to be both in both territories. Let's quit confusing like everyone. Market. <laughs> so we were Bandai Namco, yeah. Bandai Namco Games, and then just about uh, the beginning of this month, we were actually officially we're like, you know what? We're not just games. We do other stuff too. We are Bandai Namco Entertainment. Oh, wow. man, I really nailed the most current version. Yeah. So yes, sir. Say, my emails changed like three times in the past two years. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, awesome. I was just... Props for that. You're on top of it. Yeah. Well, hey, you, you talk know. to people in the gaming press. They're like, "What's your name now? Who are you?" Well, it helps to be just. <laughs> it helps to be just disconnected enough to do a quick Google search to verify beforehand. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The listeners know. Point. <laughs> I haven't done intros for uh, the rest of us yet. I gave you t- uh, top billing, but I'll do a featuring at the end. Just sure. so. But uh, but yeah, I am your host, Mr. Corey T. Wilson. Over here is Mr. Christopher Glacier Stump. How's it going? He's called it because he's <laughs> slow moving. I. <laughs> huh? And I'm ice in my veins. Ice in your veins? I was going to say, <laughs> affected by global temperature change. Uh, yeah, well, that's not proven. <laughs> <laughs> depends on what scientists we're, we're citing this week. And depends on what time of the year it is. That's true. That's true. Global warming, According definitely. Us. Yeah. <laughs> and then over at Master Control, Mr. Stephen J. Howie. I have ice and fire in my veins. Dag. Wow. One okay. upped, Chris. Yeah. Already the gauntlet. It doesn't been sound like that would mix very well, but. You know. <laughs> well, you got There's you know, a book after it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's Katniss true. Evergreen. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> She's it's a mint. I, I can't. I can't imagine how many listeners are like throwing their headphones across the room just for you mispronouncing. Mispronouncing I, that. Well, name. in the I'm I'm a 
big fan of. Well, yeah, now you can say that. Yeah. I would totally quiz you uh, to verify the veracity of your claim, except for the fact that I'm not. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Crisis avoided. I'm the biggest fan. I would be absolutely powerless. (laughs) Um, But yes, yes, uh, we have a special podcast today where we talk about what we've been playing and just kind of go over the same kind of thing that uh, we would normally do in a... I'm lost for words in an episode where we're talking about uh, what we've been playing, game of the week, that kind of thing. But with the extra spin of having uh, Jay with us to add that extra uh, special bit, that extra special sauce, if you will. Yeah, I I I think you will. (laughs) Wow, that's great. (laughs) I love how my dorky comments are good enough for you guys when there's not someone on the phone. We put no limits on, you know, we didn't didn't put any boundaries on it. Sorry. But the reason why I make that pun is because if you have heard the name Jay Sauce thrown around on this podcast previously, it's because you guys talk about me all the time, don't you? Yeah, don't the recreation was a big deal. <laughs> we were actually we we're oh, actually yeah. thinking about changing the name of the podcast to Jay Sauce Fan Club. Yeah, yes. we were, but we we uh, that was just a crisis averted. We had last minute, you know, change of heart. Yeah, copyright issues and whatnot. <laughs> so, I can, so I can bring everyone up to speed on the origins of the recreational. Ah, you know, yeah, go. Slid, uh, we slid in there, and uh, are, are you prepared for Rec Two? <laughs> so I, I don't play, know if I like that name. <laughs> <laughs> I played Dota since whatever is a Warcraft Three mod for on and off. It sounds disgusting, but on and off for ten years, like a more decade. or less different times. A decade. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, that's how I know Chris, because we play Dota together all the time. Yes, but um, when I I worked at, before I was at Bandai Namco, I worked at IGM. And I that's when Dota 2 first came out. <clears throat> and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm emailing all my old college buddies. Like, <laughs> this is awesome. Online and reunion. I love, <laughs> never and never I, leaving the apartment. Right, locked up right. playing Dota 2. And that's why IGN went by the wayside, I'm assuming. It's because of Dota 2. <laughs> right. At right. Yeah, social and community feeds. But nobody really... I mean, Valve, it's not like they have a huge marketing arm. Like, they believe in, like, organic, you know, growth and all this other stuff. So they were kind of under the radar at first. Nobody really was it wasn't very mainstream and so i would tell people all the time like guys this is gonna be awesome and they're like yeah whatever shut up go play your dumb moba games um <laughs> but uh, i said moved on from ign and i still keep in touch with all those guys and all of their editors started playing a ton not all of them but a large chunk of them started playing a lot but dota 2 is a game that's ridiculously complicated tons of depth it takes a long time to like wrap your head around and oh, start yeah. to be good at oh, it yeah. and, so tried and failed <laughs> so i would play with them keep in touch but um, and then they all got super excited. Other people in the press are playing with, play with people from Polygon, from GameSpot, from all those different places. And they uh, they wanted to have like a tournament for like industry people. And all these people are, I would say, close to the same skill level. Like they all just started getting serious about it in the last like six months, year or so. So naturally, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, we're putting teams together, and I was like, oh, totally. Like I could put a team together. A team of and... people have been playing for like decades at <laughs> yeah, a time together. Exactly. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll play with you, noob. I mean, friends. The high school and senior it... team takes on the eighth grade <laughs> basketball team. <laughs> I mean. I don't want to. It's like I don't want to be an asshole, but I'm not gonna not play. It's like we want to we want to play too. We just want to play Dota. It's not like oh we're gonna stomp everybody. But I mean, there are some other really good people yeah. in the, the pool. A of players. lot of like, good, a lot of good games in that tournament. Oh yeah, yeah that, that first, championship match was a nail biter for a yeah. minute or two there. And at just, first just we were like, oh we're gonna stomp everybody, and then it was like oh these guys are actually pretty good. We like almost lost our first game. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so, the, the one blooded. that I didn't get to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
we, we most of it yeah. is i'd say my fault because i'm like i need to be the captain <laughs> like what are we doing it's like i don't know what we're gonna do but i want to be the captain <laughs> <laughs> i will lead up the victory <laughs> yeah yeah um, so we a yeah. lot of good friends a lot of good fun games it was a lot of fun overall when does rec 2 kick off I think they are trying to do it sometime in July. Okay. It's not something I can really participate in personally because um, we have just so much travel, like between E3 and San Diego right. Comic-Con and Anime Expo and like all these different events. I can't take a weekend off to play Dota, unfortunately. I imagine a lot of those other people are going to be running into similar issues, though, right? I, mean, I don't know. A lot of them I are mean, in the gaming industry. A lot of them, I mean, in July, it's there's a lot of like not necessarily, there's a lot of events that are not necessarily video game events. Um, like Comic-Con or Anime Expo or stuff like that that uh, we do, but they might not because they're all mostly press guys. Yeah, sure. yeah, understood. I, uh, I've been been wondering uh, what was going to what was going to happen to the Pit Lord meta team. I mean, <laughs> without JSOS, are you guys still going to try to pick it up? And def- I mean, you are the defending champions. So we uh, yeah. we had a couple of team members. It was Chris and I. Um, a couple of, one of our friends that we, that, that I grew up, one of my good friends that I grew up with works at Zynga and one of his friends that works at Zynga as well. And those guys are like a lot more hardcore strategic than Chris <laughs> and I are. We're just like, I just want to pick my favorite hero and go kill some people. Um, <laughs> Effectively. They, uh, and they're like, you know, we got to try these strats. We got to practice all the time. And I was just like, ah, how about we not? How about we just do whatever we want? Yeah. <laughs> so We've got a decade me, of experience. Right, with me out of the picture, or at least taking a, a backseat to them. You've um, left me. Uh, they they want to, I mean, they have tons of cool ideas. And, um, I, You're I still on the fun. roster, though, for people who I might be a backup, but I'll have a lot of fun just Yeah, watching. you should at least be a backup. I mean, who knows? You might at any of those conventions come down with like the con bug or whatever they call <laughs> whatever they call the just, thing that just completely murders everybody for the few weeks after every convention they go to, yeah. right? Real thing. Don't ever think about the amount of germs you're exposed to at a convention. I honestly, honest to God, the only big convention I've ever been to was uh, Star Wars Celebration 3 in Indianapolis. And I had been listening to podcasts at that point in my life long enough to have been warned what the smell is, <laughs> but nothing prepares you like no amount of like, oh, the air conditioner in the gymnasium broke down this month, you know, doesn't begin to describe when that went because it, it's not just a smell. The smell is accompanied with a temperature change. So you actually feel it hit your skin at the same oh, yeah. time it enters your nose. Oh, yeah. You walk in and you feel a wave of funk. Yep. That's probably a good point. <laughs> that's um, the generous term. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you just feel it all over you. I mean, it's like, you know, you have to shower as soon as yeah. you leave. And don't, I don't want to turn people off to, because that's, I mean, they're super fun. It's just, this is a byproduct of having a million people in one room who are pretty excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty excited is the operative phrase there. Yeah. yeah. It, oh, man. And that that's something that, yeah, I know people who, who get jazzed about that. They're like, they're like, yeah, smells like home, you know? <laughs> like, they get excited. Like, they know that when they get that smell, you I'm know, like, I don't, I don't know if I can ever get to that people. point. Oh yeah, <laughs> you like that? <laughs> well, I I don't know if they would say they like the smell, but it triggers a wave of good emotions and things like that. <laughs> a flood of memories. At the same time, like I don't know, I don't know how much excitement I would need to get to the point where I, you know, for me, it, it's more like, all right, okay, for the next fifteen minutes, I'm just adjusting. I'm just adjusting. You know, <laughs> I'm, put I'm, some uh, formula under your nose. Yeah, do the little the do little silence of the lamb cream on the upper lips. <laughs> you know, I don't smell the corpses now. That kind of thing. Yeah. So, well, hey, why don't we uh, go around the room and talk about what we have been 
playing. Jay, I'm going to save you for last because you've likely got more relevant stuff, more uh, newer things that you've been playing. And we I mean, probably- I'm trip. I'm you know, hip and trendy. So yeah, yeah. right. You're, you're a lot more up to date. <laughs> you're the meter by which all things are measured, you know, but yeah, but, yeah. I say that about myself sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but I already know what Chris has been playing. So I'm going to bat it over to him. Sure. Uh, all right. I, I know I'm about four years too late, but uh, <laughs> I started playing Bastion. You started? I started oh, okay. playing Bastion. Oh, man, I've started on three different systems. Uh, yeah. Well, and I see why. I knew this game was good. Yeah. I knew there was all this hype. I knew that it looked pretty. It played well. I knew it was a fun game. Yeah. But I didn't know how good it was going to be. Okay. And I've played a lot of action RPGs. And this one is very clearly different for a number of different reasons. First of all, and the, probably the main reason is... The narration. Oh, yeah. Uh, the narrator is talking about what you're doing at all times. He's talking about the story. And as a lot of people know, and I've already probably played this, it's entertaining. Right. And well, if, he's talking about literally the things that you're doing as right. you're doing them. And he, he, the screw-ups that you make. He right. talks about what you just did that's dumb. And what's what yeah. I really enjoyed was he doesn't repeat all these similar things. So if you fall off the edge twice in a row, he doesn't just say the same thing every time. He's right. like, whoopsie. He fell off for the third time. And you're like, oh, <laughs> shut up, man. Um, but it, I, if you tell someone, you know, hey, it narrates everything you do, they're like, wow, that must get annoying. It doesn't. No. it do- Not even a little. This They do it really well that it's fun to listen to. It keeps it, you know, fresh. And he's really witty at sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought that was a really great part of the game. Um, the other part that I thought, two out parts, actually. Yeah. Uh, the soundtrack was fantastic. Um, it is really good. It's it's just it's great, mm-hmm. and it ties in it ties in almost perfectly to uh, the landscaping of this game, which I didn't know this before, but they are all hand painted, um, almost watercolor type areas. Yeah, and there's over forty of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I really like is the land uh, formulates under your feet as you walk. Yeah, which is very different from any other game I've played. Which relevant to a yes, you can fall off. Yeah. But B, it, it gives you a sense of everything's kind of coming together as you walk. And it's like you're and creating And that's kind of part world. of the story is how it's coming together. Right. But also it, it allows you to focus on what is right in front of you. Exactly. You yeah. know, you're, you're focused on what's immediately around you and not trying to stretch and go, oh, what's up ahead? What's right. up now? You're never, you're never really looking so far ahead. It's, it's here and now. Right. And a lot of these levels, they aren't really big, but they feel satisfying. They mm-hmm. feel like, you know, you've been playing them for a while when you really haven't. Right. And that's a really good development, what they've done with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the other thing I wanted to say about that game is it doesn't look like it has a lot of depth, but it does. Yeah. There are, I mean, you look at the amount of weapons you have and yeah, there's a there's an okay amount. Mm-hmm. But then you look at, uh, there's these, I, I'm not that far in. I would say I'm a couple hours through. Yeah. But there's these gods that you can, these idols, false idols that you can defeat, and then you get the perks if you so choose to enable them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are they're things that make the game harder, and you get better rewards. Mm-hmm. So you can adjust the difficulty without adjusting the difficulty. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a really cool addition. And that's just one of many things where they they add perks and upgrades and stuff you can find and accomplish. Uh, you have passive abilities. You can swap in and out. Um, I found myself several times. I found my comfortable weapon set. Yeah. I've got like a fast sword, a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's not good for every situation. No, no. And you'll find it very quickly that you need to be swapping these out every once in a while because there's going to be certain areas where you're like, I need a flamethrower or I'm not going to get through this. Yeah. 
Um, and then that's part of the game. Why is there a flamethrower in there? Because, Why? because there flamethrowers, Chris. I know. What system I are you know. on? Yeah. What system are you playing it on? I'm on the PC, but I am playing with the controller. I'm playing with the 360 controller. Oh, so you're on the, you're on the PC, but pretending it's a console. Yeah. yeah fair enough. I I tried playing on keyboard <laughs> and mouse. Do you mouse. sit on the couch, too? I don't. I sit in my computer <laughs> chair. Missed opportunity. Uh, I'm, yes. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, I don't know if this is going to change as I play further into this game, but... It's not that this game is hard, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. So I find myself in similar in situations where if I try and stand there and be like, I'm a badass, I can kill anything, I'll get killed. Yeah. And it's one of those games that you don't have 50 million potions like in Diablo. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just keep healing up and healing up. It's you got three and then you roll around until you find another one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and avoid things. And I And I kind of felt that they did this, I don't know if they meant to do this, but I feel like they did, is you're not supposed to be this superhero in this game. You're just a kid who survived. Mm-hmm. And you're not immortal. You're not this all-powerful badass. You're just this kid that has training, who knows how to fight, and you're getting through this crap. Yeah. And I think that they created that atmosphere really well without actually telling you, like, this kid's not, he doesn't have superpowers, but he's still fighting the calamity. <laughs> and it's like, in those exact words. In that tone. That sounds too. like perfect writing. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I thought it was really cool that it's a game where you're not supposed to, at least to this point. Yeah. You're not supposed to be one-shotting everything. There right. are things that will kill you often, and you need to, you know, roll around and kite them and swap your weapons and, you know, maybe drop some of those false idol gods so you can actually get through a part. Is it my understanding that there's actually, not to uh, revert too much here, but isn't there actually a um, a Dota 2 drop that is uh, the narrator f- yeah. from uh, yeah. Bastion? I've never played Bastion, but I feel like I have you already. You have I, ha- <laughs> I actually haven't. Wow. Uh, what concerns me is the combat. How deep, interesting, strategic is it's- it? It's... Uh, well, the strategic part is you either dodge or block. Um, okay. And the dodging is you can just, A, move out of the way from projectile, or you can roll out of the way. Um, and so far, the enemies I've encountered are, um, they have like these towers that spawn that shoot things at you that the best thing to do is to pull your shield up and deflect them because you can deflect projectiles. Yeah. Um, but there are some things that you can't block, obviously. So if you don't know what you can or can't block, you can end up just taking a ton of damage. Yeah, you got to kind of be on your toes. And there's also some things that you can't really dodge. Uh, you sometimes you just gotta you gotta dodge at the right moment, and other times you gotta just keep moving. Yeah. yeah. So I do actually own Bastion, and then again, that's a trend for a lot of games on Steam. I just right. never <laughs> played it. You can usually pick up. I mean, Bastion itself is a fourteen ninety nine game. Uh, you can usually find it for like two bucks on Steam sales. And I also found out they have a free demo on Steam that if you want to just try it out and see what it's like. There's a lot of those demos out there lately that I've never really paid that much attention in the last many years to demos, but I'm starting to realize that they're starting to pop back up again. They don't actually, I don't think they advertise them so much on like the main screen. They advertise the game and then you go to the game and you find the demo. I think part of the reason is back in the day, it used to be, here's the demo three months ahead of our release, you know, way back when, when you were, you know, still in swaddling diapers there or whatever there. (laughs) But like these days, it's more like, hey, our game's been out for two years. It kind of reached its critical mass, but we still think there's some people that can be reached. So now here's a demo. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And Valve doesn't get any money from the demo. So they're not going to highlight it too much on the front page. But yeah, from a publisher point of view, there's a lot of times that 
we i mean demos just good everyone good de- unless your game's absolute trash you're gonna demo's gonna help um so we push for it all the time but sometimes just development schedules it's just impossible to fit in a demo into the debt to yeah. cut a demo from you know the schedule when it's already cramped packed so yeah. yeah sometimes it's a demo after the game comes out like you said to kind of give it a little more life sure what if you're a cheapskate like me that's not so bad because then no, I'm, no, I'm on the fence for a long time and suddenly a demo pops up and I'm like, yes, thank you. Well, and you see it pop up for a dollar ninety nine. You're like, eh, yeah, I'll take it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. we talk about all the time. Like there's a there's the waterfall. It's like there's a lot of people who buy your game at full price. There's some people who will never pay full price, but they'll buy you know a little bit on sale, then a little bit more on sale, a little bit more on sale. And there's some people who will never buy your game unless it costs two dollars. Yeah, you might as yeah. well monetize those people, get their two dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. at yeah. some point, and, and I at some point, right? I feel like Valve's had a huge hand in that uh, through Steam with the. I mean, sure. how much? I, I, do you have any exposure to how much like they're? You know, we, we always hear anecdotally about the economists that work at Steam that are actually right. crunching the statistics and figuring out the risk versus return and the sales and stuff like that. How much exposure have you guys had to that? Um, we have a um, a team of people that work directly with a person at Steam who's like our account manager. Oh yeah, who will say this is who will make recommendations about they're like oh we got the winter sale coming up we think you guys should put this this and this in there or mostly they help us most of the time like we have stuff that we want to do. And Valve, it's like, we, we want to put this game on sale. Valve's like, yes, you definitely should. And they kind of help us supply the information to relevant parties to kind of convince them it's a good idea. Interesting. So if we cool. put this game on sale, then we'll make this much money. We can be featured here, here, and here. Um, so there's it's a lot mostly, more behind-the-scenes stuff going on. Oh, there's a t- I mean, the amount of transactions that are made on Steam is monstrous. Like, it's a... Oh, yeah. Like we have to meet with Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo regularly to figure out what's going on there. We also have to meet with Valve regularly to just keep up to date on what's how we can better monetize, how we can. Um, and it's, sometimes it's like they're like, we want Dragon Ball on Steam, and we're like, cool, we want that too, but we need help kind of putting the numbers together to prove that it's a worthwhile investment. Yeah, um, and they can they help us with that a lot too. That's cool. Interesting. That's cool. Yep. It, it's nice to have an advocate, <laughs> someone who knows what they're sure, talking sure. about. <laughs> and most of the time, it, we we agree on like the, I work on uh, the marketing team. It's like, yeah, we one hundred percent want more stuff on Steam. And just as a gamer, I want more stuff on Steam. But yeah, yeah. Sometimes, again, PC gaming is not big in Japan, so it takes a lot of convincing on our end to say, or investment on our end to say please help us develop for steam yeah or that makes a lot of outsourcing sense outsourcing to a third party or something like that yeah i never i never really thought about it from exactly that point of view where like yeah you, you guys in your particular company might have a a bigger hurdle to get over uh oh yeah any japanese headquarter publishers will have a harder will be slower to steam and steam features and stuff like that and, and really if you just anecdotally just you know you know just let you know, chris for a moment close your eyes okay and just think across the entire your the entirety of your Steam library. It's vast. And it's a big it's a big valley. What percentage would you say is Western developed versus Eastern developed? Not very much. No, oh, not very much. Western I was looking developed? for a ratio here, Chris. Do we need to go um, back to seventh grade math class again? But I probably not, like not many. Probably many, not much. <laughs> Probably like like I, I'm thinking about mine. I'm like, man, that is probably like ninety five five or something like that. Sure, sure, yeah. It is probably wildly, and 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 I think I've just, I think I've kind of known that you know somewhere underneath, but I never really stopped and thought about it. Yeah, sure. So yeah. and I mean, there's a lot of strides being made across not just our company, but a lot of like Final Fantasy 
being on Steam. It's like oh, yeah. how many copies they sell of that? Probably a lot. And all you have to do is kind of upfront the development cost or the porting cost. And then that's that has games have such longer like retail games you sell and digital platforms like you can sell PSN and stuff. But like uh, if we just sold Dark Souls in retail stores, like it wouldn't have nearly the life that it has now on Steam. Right. Um, like games can live forever on Steam. You can buy it like a ten-year-old game, and as long as it's, people are still making it compatible for new operating systems, it's you can keep on selling it, keep on putting on sale, yeah, sell it for fifty cents, and <laughs> keep on monetizing. We were just talking in the last podcast about X-wing Alliance being on sale on GOG.com for what was it like <laughs> six bucks? Yeah, and I'm like, sold. How that game is half my age. Sure, you know, sure. And, and I've bought it twice before, and I'm getting ready to spend <laughs> another six dollars on it. Yeah. And, and adamantly so. <laughs> so but Steam like, feels like you at least, I don't know, for me personally, <laughs> buying stuff on PSN is, I don't want to do that because what happens when the PlayStation 5 comes out? Yeah. But, I pers- but personally, I have confidence that Steam is going to be around still then. So it feels like it's the last time I buy something. Like I bought Baldur's Gate like five times. But then when it was on <laughs> Steam, it was like, well, okay, this is going to be the last time I buy it because right. I can yep. hold it on here for a while. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's really, really true. It seemed, once you get something on Steam, you're like, well, okay, I have it now. Uh-huh. That's a thing that's going to follow me everywhere. Yeah. And I mean, I know Microsoft and Sony want to keep their, and it's better now, but it's like, I bought stuff in my PlayStation three that I'm just going to get rid of my PlayStation three. I mean, sure. I can keep it around, but that's another console. I got to lug around. Uh, yeah. I feel the same way about my 360 because I jumped party lines this time. I, yeah, I, I got the PS4 now. And so I'm looking at that 360 one. Man, I have this giant breadth of stuff that is just that guy. Yeah. And what am I going to do with it? Am I really willing to abandon it? I mean, practically, how many times do I boot the thing up? Almost never. Yep. You know, but yet so many great games for such a long console cycle yep. that I have tied to that system either digitally or just even in discs that I still have laying around because I am horrible. I never trade anything in actually for publishers. I'm probably great, but for my wife, I'm horrible. I I honestly thought with the Xbox one and PlayStation four, they were going to do something. I thought with PlayStation now, they were going to do something to bridge that gap. Even if it was like, but uh, the only thing I've seen that's really like step outside of standards and like put together a solution is, um, the new rock band. I'm sure sh- you guys heard about the new rock band announcements. So they're coming out with whatever rock band four, Yeah. but they've pledged that. Yes, we will get your digital content from 360 PS three and make sure that's still functional on the new platform. Oh, that's so cool. your song library. Yes. Yeah. That was a, that was a huge one for a while. Now see, that's one I always bought, you know, I, well, I shouldn't say always, I bought several discs, you know, like the guitar sure. heroes and stuff like that. Never really, you know, I would always tell myself, I'm not buying any more songs until I beat all the songs on the disc. I'd beat like all but one <laughs> and then never buy any other ones, right? So it yeah. never happened to me. But I I do know there were people who spent untold fortunes because they would throw rock band parties. Sure. You yeah. know, I knew a guy, I knew a guy who, uh, I'm not kidding. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're one of them? Sure. I knew a guy Kick, here. here in, beer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here in town, uh, well, probably just out of town, to be honest, because he, he had a pole barn. So in his pole barn, he put up a big projection screen, built a giant like couch out of like wood, right? With built in USB ports. Wow. So that people could, yeah. So, so he, cause he was, he didn't want to use any of the wireless crap. He's like, no, 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 that's not good enough. And so like, yeah, the built in USB ports to plug in and he would throw these parties and yeah, like tons and tons of money that go into those songs on one system, but you go to another system, no songs. Those are all gone. You reinvest everything. 
that's really good to hear that they've they've kind of uh, they've kind of come around on that. But it's still, I, yeah, I gotta wonder what kind of like legal nightmare that was to even work out all that rights. Yeah, uh, I heard it was quite a hassle, but yeah. they put it together, so it's cool, really cool. Well, awesome, awesome, cool. Let's keep the table turning then, Howie. Sure. What you been playing? Well, fellas, I have two iOS games. Oh, wow! Storming the um, mobile front. One of them yes. is called War Dragons. Okay. By Pocket Gems. By Pocket Gems. I played it for 30 seconds. 30 okay. whole seconds. <laughs> Man, it's going to be a scorcher. Yep. And half that time was you know, just the intro. Uh, and I found out it was a dragon on rails. Okay. Like a skateboarding dragon? You're flying around. <laughs> yes, grinding. Yep. grinding. Yep. Now, wait a minute. You may have just described my favorite game of all time that I've yet to play. <laughs> Tony Hawk Sky Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're, HSD. you're, you're the dragon and it just it's moving you through and you got to burn up these villages that were taken over by these people and you're mad about it. So, so it's the intro to Half-Life, but you set things on fire. Yeah. Okay, so I'm still in. I'm not a huge rails <laughs> kind of guy, you know. I want to be able to free move and that kind of a thing. Uh, so I, I really was looking forward to flying around as a dragon, blowing things up, you right. know, or burning things at least. Uh, so I, it just didn't, you know, scratch that itch, and I was like, eh, nah. That and it, it, it was really sluggish. It took forever to start. Oh, really? And I was, it was like, okay, they got some bugs to even work out there. So what'd you find uh, instead? It is free. Uh, and then uh, the other free game is I finally, guys, I finally did it. What What did you do, Howie? I finally downloaded Hearthstone. Oh, wow. 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 okay. Um, and broken through the Hearthstone door. I've been playing that a lot. <laughs> Bet you have. <laughs> and my battery's been dying a lot. Wow. Uh, yeah, I should have warned you. That yeah. might be a dangerous one for you there. Howie. Yeah, no, and, and and it is. And we've talked about it before, and so we don't really need to go into much, too much detail on you that. Have any money yet? Uh, no, I haven't spent any money, and I don't know that I will. I oh, probably will. will get some point. I probably will, but um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. It's a lot of fun. I, I tried that game. I thought it was fun for the time. It wasn't really my thing, mostly because I didn't put on the effort to understand everything. Yeah. But I think if I... I still have it on my iPad, I think. Mm. It'd be a game I'd go back to every once in a while and just play around with the bots for a now while. Now, am I right? When Hearthstone first came out, it was only on iPad, wasn't it, initially? Or and PC? I think it was only PC for a while. Was and it only PC? It on and, okay. And I, I, when it first came out on iPad, that's when I grabbed it. And right. I was uh, I was like stuck on a family holiday weekend thing, you know, somewhere. So I was like, all right, this is going to get my attention. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And coming from a Magic the Gathering veteran standpoint, I was like, oh, wow, I can see how this improves the experience for this, this, this reason compared to Magic. You know, I can see this kind of cuts through this. This kind of cuts that nonsense out. This simplifies this. Yeah, I can see how yeah. this could be widely appealing. And I enjoyed it. But I think there's just something about me and... And a CCG on a screen. I, I yeah. think there's, I think I'm, I don't mean to sound like a purist because again, I'm not, I'm, I call myself a Magic the Gathering veteran, but I mean, there are some people who would just laugh maniacally at that, me, me making that claim. <laughs> you know, I've only been really playing Magic for the last six, seven years tops. And of those six, seven years, two of them, you know, so, but there's something about the tactile, you know, having the cards in my hand and, and yeah. stupid little tube of counters that I can dump out. And, and I like think that. the, just the having fun of just hold, like buying a new pack of cards and opening it in your hands. Like I don't even play 
card games at all yeah but i totally get the idea like i see magic cards I'm like i kind of want to buy that just to open it up and see what's inside <laughs> exactly you, you know like, what's funny oh, gambling where i don't win no matter what awesome <laughs> right? you, you bring that up and i have the exact same experience when i want a new pack of cards in the game yeah oh, really i don't know why i'm like oh sweet i get to see these cards I, right. it was the exact same experience for they, me they, which i could totally understand why it wouldn't be yeah. for anybody else because you know, there's, there's something, you know, about physically holding the cards, but I had the exact same. I was like, okay, I get to flip over the next one. What is it? I'm excited about it. I don't know why. I think they do a good enough job as they can trying to recreate that. But like, yeah. there's, there is something about just like my little brother plays magic and I don't know anything about it. I, I've seen the cards. I think it's cool. I totally get it. I don't, but it, I buy him like a new, like the, the set every year for Christmas. And I just watch him unpack the cards. Like, this is fun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What'd you get? What'd you get? <laughs> Oh, sweet. But Ultra rare I think foil. I played Hearthstone for a little while. It didn't really hook me, but I totally think it's fun. Yeah. I think they did a good job. I don't yeah. know. I think Blizzard makes quality products. Well, I, th- I think the big thing for me with the game is how they simplified some of the concepts versus magic um, and, and sure. made it more intuitive. Uh, it's faster, too. And it's faster. Because of that intuitive. That's why I think I like it. It's, it is faster. Yeah. You know, it's it's an effort, you know. If you want to go and sit down with your friends and play some magic, don't let Howie play his rat deck. You're gonna be there all night long. <laughs> it, uh, it 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 can take some games can take. You know, we've had we've had games take over an hour. Oh yeah, and uh, well, you then know. Brandon comes and brings his like revised cards where they've got so much dialogue on the on the card. I, and I I think at one point I imposed a font size minimum. For cards that were legal to play. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> like, if I have to squint to read your card, you can't play it in the house, so... But yeah, I uh, I think my favorite YouTube videos still to this day, or some of my favorite YouTube videos, are when Magic came out with that. Uh, I think the second big, or I'm not Magic. I'm sorry, Hearthstone came out with like the second big expansion or whatever, like the mm-hmm. Goblins expansion. I think it was. Maybe that was the first one. I don't know. But either way, all these people were like, uh, they're like Twitch streamers and YouTube streamers, and they had a bunch of donations that people had made for them to buy like the maximum number of expansion packs that you can buy. Okay. And they went in and didn't realize that they had created a different deck and it was situated below the previous one, but you, <laughs> it still defaultly selected the default deck and you had to actually go down. And there is people going, Oh, I guess we're going to just do this now. And they're going in and they're clicking and they're clicking by like, like 60 decks or something like that. And you're oh watching, God. you're watching the chat streams just, <laughs> Stop! What are you doing? And they be like, "All right, so let's go ahead and open this up." And they open one up, and they're like, "Wait a minute, I oh!" And it was just like the look of just sheer embarrassment, personal defeat, everything all at once. And I'm just like, "These are some of the greatest videos of all time. These need to be preserved forever." Save. exactly so anyhow cool well then i'll talk about real quickly uh what i've been playing i uh i picked up uh assassin's creed unity again again finally again Again. well you know what that one i found the when i was playing before i really really liked the intro which is you know i don't know the first three hours of the game or first hour of the game (laughs) you know but uh after that like i really enjoyed it but then when i started getting into the missions unless i mainline the mission and i i think if you're gonna if you're just gonna mainline it why are you playing Assassin's Creed? You know, we're talking open world, lots of different things, lots of different things to do. So why would you just do the main mission? So I want to do all these other missions. And I don't know if the thing was just broken or what, but I could not complete 90% of the missions I was picking up. I couldn't find anything. There were no, like it was like, hey, go find the, you know, go find these uh, severed heads. 
Maybe because you're bad. And I would go looking. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, it's telling me to go over here. And I go over here and I get there and then everything disappears. And I'm like, what severed heads? And so this time I booted up, all those missions were fixed. And uh, okay. it was buggy. Yeah, apparently it was bugging out on me. And that's maybe why. Maybe you just got better at the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's what it is. It's like, oh, maybe those green circles floating in midair are a thing I should pay attention to. Uh, which is exactly what it ended up being is that suddenly there were these green circles there showing me where my objectives were. I was getting nothing about my objectives before. And I spent several hours frustrated. And then I put the game down for what, like three weeks, a month. I didn't go back to it. Huh. So I did. And all that was there. And I was like, oh, I can accomplish things and progress now. So I'm back into that. I'm sure I'll be playing that periodically. But the new one that I tried out this week was uh, was Counter Spy. Counter Strike? No, Counter Spy. What is Counter Spy? Counter Spy. In fact, check me on that. I might have just howied that title. Um, uh, it's a video game. It is on Google right now. It is by Dynamite. Is that there the dev? Dynamite. And it was one of last month's uh, PS Plus free games. Oh, okay. It's a and it's a it's a side scroller with sort of like your typical modern day Metroidvania style. You know you know platforming and kind of just like taking out i i don't want to overcomplicate it like you know if i wanted to compare compare it to uh uh what was the one that chair did uh back on the on the 360 that was really really big uh orson scott card road i always have trouble coming up with the name of this game i don't know what you're talking about either way it's not as complicated as normal metroidvania in this at least not yet in that you're unlocking things or finding shadow things. complex shadow complex that's one which i loved that game yes um but and was really disappointed when there was never a follow-up but <laughs> either way uh it, it's not nearly that complicated which is actually part of what i ended up really like i did a, i did a twitch stream so you can see all of you know me and my and my three loyal viewers uh, on our YouTube page, our YouTube uh, channel soon enough. But um, it, it's just literally, it's first off, the styling is great. You know, the music is very like 60s camp TF2 style, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so is the look. But it's literally just shoot dudes, take dudes out silently, don't get shot, go up and activate things to get upgrades and augments and cool. stuff like that, and just keep going. I mean, it, it's it, 2D. Yeah, it well, yeah, it's it's two and a half D, right? Okay, the terminology two and a half D. <laughs> but I mean, it's really pretty. And, and sometimes when you when you go into cover, the camera comes around and gives you you the actual vantage point that you're covered behind. Okay, oh. so and then comes back, pops back out to two D when you're uh, moving around. And it's I it's I really did not expect to enjoy it as much as I was just enjoying it. Hey, I, and it's a free game too. It, well, yeah, it was a, it was a free game. And even if I, this is one that I would venture to say is, is uh, are you ready? I'm going to say it. it's worth paying money for it, boys. Wow. Because, and, and normally with these two and a half D games, I'm really hesitant to say that sometimes because, you know, a lot of them can feel like a lot of other ones. There's a lot of kind of go back to the well kind of stuff with these, but this one, I think it was just the simplicity of it. The fact that it's it's first off it's not too fast, which is like the problem that I had with that Odd World game, was that it kind of moved too quickly and it felt like I didn't have a lot of control. I felt like I have re- really tight controls and it's just really really straightforward gameplay. I don't have to engage my brain one bit while playing this game. So you know me sometimes I want I want a real a thinking man's game and sometimes I just want to sit down and shoot stuff. This was a viable shoot stuff game. Cool. Nice. So that's where I'm giving. So what are you playing, Jay? Um, so I'm on just the cutting edge of gaming. I don't yeah. play stuff that's more than a few weeks old because no. you got to keep up. <laughs> that's for the peasantry. <laughs> um, so 
Um, I've been getting back into a game I started up about a month ago called Besiege oh, on yeah. Steam. Oh, yeah. I've seen oh. A lot about it. it is a fantastic little game. Um, <laughs> I'm going to look up the price of it right now. As a loyal... Paid, oh, how much did you pay? I paid six, $7 for it. It's, uh, yeah, so it's yeah, it's $7. Price. And it's super cool because it's basically like... Um, I don't know if anybody ever played Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Me, me, lots. Yes. So it's basically like <laughs> medieval kind of build whatever you, you have an objective. It's like yeah. take out this castle and you just like, okay, you have all these different blocks and levers and pulleys and wheels. And it's like build something that will destroy this castle. And, uh, and you have complete freedom to kind of like play around with stuff. And then it's, it's like, there's a building phase and they're kind of like an, execution phase so it's like okay ready go and then you see your kind of vehicle drop to the ground sometimes it breaks in half sometimes it <laughs> turns in circles sometimes it blows itself up yeah. um and you have complete freedom like you can make flying machines you can make catapults you learn how to build trebuchets i've seen and you can you can make whatever far you want. worse things than I've, that <laughs> i've seen a lot of videos of funny things and yeah. things that people are just doing crazy and you can right. literally make a like a, a square thing on wheels with a billion cannons in the front. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and you start the game and everything shoots and you're, I mean, the momentum of all the cannons blows your machine to bits. But yes. if it kills everything that you're supposed to kill, then you still win. Yay, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah. And I mean, I think the, like, right, it's an, it's an early access game. So I think the, the missions and stuff are kind of like a side effect. What's really fun is just opening up free play and saying, like, build whatever you want. Just build some stuff. Yeah. Uh, do but thing. me growing up with, you know, ditching when i was a kid i built legos and i played video games and it was Heck like yeah. 50 and 50 it was like i ate maybe somewhere in between there Brother? <laughs> but it was like uh when i was a kid i was i thought i was a pretty smart kid i was like these video games those are pretty childish but i will always build legos yeah, even when i'm yeah. an adult <laughs> yeah and it's a it's a bit different it obviously is a little flip-flop but growing up with that sort of kind of stuff that i enjoyed like besiege is so cool yeah i my dream game is a BattleBots remake. That's a, just a video game to build. So this game, basically, but one-on-one multiplayer. Hosted uh, by Grant Imahara. Right. And the, the fact that the BattleBots TV show is coming back, just I'm way too The stars excited. are aligning. Yeah, you didn't know yeah. that? No yeah. way. Yeah. It is coming back. So prepare for more small spinny robots to beat all the yeah. other Can we buy battle co- BattleBots cards? I hope so. I don't know. Um, but I tell all my friends about it. They're like, I was like, guys, battle bots. Like, Nobody cares. I'm like, no, seriously, this is awesome. You don't um, understand. Sorry about that. No, that was our soundboard. <laughs> How did that guy get from Indiana to San Francisco that yeah, fast? <laughs> I, uh, um, but so, Besiege is fun. I've been, and the other two are Bloodborne and Pillars of Eternity. So, Bloodborne is awesome. It's a, yeah. it's special to me because we work with From Software. We published uh their dark souls games mm-hmm. um and even their armor core games before that um so it's a developer that we love and respect and uh, sony published this one so it's not we don't have to actually work on it so it's very cool to just play one of their games and not work on it yeah, <laughs> and just go in blind and uh i've been enjoying that a lot i think they've gotten much better at making games maintain the kind of difficulty and challenge but make them more accessible such a nasty word among hardcore gamers but they have gotten more 
accessible. Like they've kind of streamlined a lot of the processes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, accessible can mean a lot of different things. Right, right. I know one accessible thing, in a good way. You know, we always talk, my always big, my big beef with accessibility that we always get on is when, you know, we're talking about like early access PC games where, or even games like for crying out loud, Minecraft where, all right, sit down, open game now, minimize run browser, you know, because that's what you have to do to figure out what you're supposed to be doing the first time. Yeah. And, and, with Dark Souls or Bloodborne or Demon Souls or whatever it is, um, I mean, there's a balance to strike, obviously, but I like to tell people that maybe it's okay that there's a game that you're not going to know everything about and right. that it helps to like talk to other people about it. I am not joking. I was on Reddit while we were talking, and there was a thread about a mechanic in Dark Souls that I did not know existed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and and the played, game came out. a lot of Dark Souls. Um, I did not know this was possible either. Apparently, when you get grabbed by some of the bosses or monsters, if you spam like the triggers or some other damage, you can reduce the damage that you take during that grab. Wow! I didn't, <laughs> how, I didn't, how long after? I has, how long has it been since you've beaten Dark Souls that you didn't know any of this? How many times would it have saved your life? I don't know how many times it saved my life, but I mean, I've beaten Dark Souls like like thirty times. Like, <laughs> I played hundreds of hours of that game. Uh, and it's crazy. Just stuff yeah. like that that yeah. you don't need to know. It's there. It just they have crazy deep mechanics. Anyways, uh Bloodborne's a lot had a lot of fun. I wouldn't say it has the like online multiplayer depth legs that some of the Dark Souls games have, but okay. it was super fun. Uh Pillars of Eternity is just like if you liked old school Baldur's Gate uh games, then you'll love this. If you didn't, then maybe you won't. <laughs> what if I liked Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance? <laughs> I love Dark Alliance. Oh, are you kidding me? Oh no, my gosh. I almost murdered an ex-roommate over Dark Alliance. That dude would run up and grab all the gold every time. <laughs> I mean that was that was me. I mean you gotta get up there and get some gold. I know. Apparently <laughs> never 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 play the spellcaster. Always play the dwarf. Yeah. Always be the guy with the axe. You right there um, when their gold drops. Those are like my favorite kind of games. Just top-down, co-op, pack-and-slash, action yes, energy. Pillars yes. of Eternity has a lot of stuff going on when Does you're it? playing that. It's, it's very... Yeah. It's a lot of... Okay, pause the game, queue up like 20 actions, unpause for one second, pause again, queue up another stuff, because all this crazy stuff happened. That and there's... And I'd say there's like... I don't know, 15% of the gaming community who heard you said that, heard you say that and was like, that sounds like the best thing ever. And 85% of the people were like, that sounds pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's people like me who go, when Knights of the Old Republic, I queue up like four. So is it similar yeah. to that? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a lot. It's very similar to Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, really? Um, but I enjoy that combat where you have six people in your party. And if you just go and say, attack this group of people, they'll all just get slaughtered instantly. Like yeah. you have to say, okay. You see those people, what are you going to do? Like, pause, think about it. Okay, you're going to move here, you're going to move there, you're going to kind of draw aggro, you're going to cast these spells. Um, I love that. Uh, it's all, I mean, it reminds you of like XCOM or Knights of the Old Republic or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, but I how, thoroughly enjoy that kind of game. How meaty is that game? Is it a lot of depth? I don't, I don't know yet. I'm like, I mean, there's a lot of, you spend a lot of time with it just because you spend time like equipping sure. your guys and like leveling up takes five minutes and deciding on what skills you want. Sure. I'm like 30 hours in and I'd say I'm probably like, I don't know, like 20% through the content. That's just a guess. Wow. Um, 30 I, hours. Wow. That's something. Well, but I mean, you I'm, think about you move like really Age. slow. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you, you spend a lot of time in the combat scenes that, you know, they, they take 10 minutes, but in right. reality, you it's probably not that long. Also, just a 
boatload of text in that game that if you want to read it all, it's going to take even longer. I just you know skim through and stuff. Right. But there's a lot of good story there, and the fact that it's a Kickstarter game. I backed this Kickstarter like three or four years ago. That's awesome. it came out. Yeah, that's um, that's got to feel rewarding. <laughs> I'm I'm proud of those guys. It's a yeah. uh, Obsidian. Oh, okay, um, so yeah. I think it's. I, I just love the fact that they're still making a game like this that to a lot of people feels outdated probably, but to the that group of people who like it or just love it. But the mechanics might feel outdated to some people, but it looks it looks up to date. I mean the the graphics and the animations of the spells and stuff don't look old. Um I respect your opinion <laughs> and I vaguely agree, but there's a lot of people who disagree, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, it's not going to be yeah. the sharpest thing. Well, but. you know what sure. though? What is these days other than the few leading charges, you know, Crytek's going to try to push the envelope with something, you know, that, you know, the most of even from like the biggest developers right now, a lot of stuff coming out is, is come out. It, people aren't buying PCs with independent video cards in them anymore. You know, they, they're yeah. getting APUs and GPUs and things like that. And so, I feel like a lot of the stuff that's coming out now, it's not about pushing the envelope on the graphics run about, it's about pushing the envelope on a lot of other fronts. Sure. If you manage to look really pretty, even if it's not the best or cutting edge, that's still something. Sure. And I think that, uh, the more, I don't even know what I was going to say. You're right. I don't know. (laughs) Man, you guys could take a lesson from this guy. (laughs) We're going to have Jay on more often to tell me that I'm right. So, you know, before we, before we uh, go on, I do want to, uh, I do want to go back and mention besieged again. Uh, And the only reason being every single night I am an avid, and this is a horrible habit. I don't suggest other people do it. I browse imager every night. It's all all over every single night. I browse imager. I no longer read. I don't know if I know how to read anymore. I used used to read, you know, 70 pages of a book in a night while laying in bed. No, now I'm just looking at dumb pictures and just swiping, swiping, swiping. But pictures, you basically read a thousand words. So (laughs) it's got a point. No, that's a really good point. I hadn't actually done the math on that. I read four books a night. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, But for about a month and a half, there was just besieged gifts all yeah. over the yeah. the crazy the, stuff. Yeah, too. yeah. Well, and that's the fun thing. It's like people like coming up with like really ornate like Rube Goldberg type machines and stuff like that. And then I remember the first one, the very first one I ever saw, and I knew about the game, so I wasn't like, "What the heck is this?" But I would have been because somebody had literally made a dude like it was like a rag doll standing up. Yes, and, and its head <laughs> was on fire, and it was leaning back, and it was just tagging itself. 90 miles an hour just going to town i'm doing the hand gesture so that chris has an idea great just just really you know giving himself a limited shelf life (laughs) and flames shooting out the end of it and 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 because of how the arm was moving it made it look like the face was laughing maniacally as his head was switching around and i'm looking going like this is art this is brilliant and and of course it's just setting fire to whatever's in front of it but someone went to the trouble to design the mechanics of this thing that would and just, they probably yeah. spent a good amount of time working yeah. on it. Oh yeah. I don't I think the most the most impressive thing about this game is it costs seven dollars and it's an early access game, but it's already very functional. Yeah. Um yeah. and they I, I played like one weekend and then I played the next weekend. There's already new features in there. Oh wow. Um, yeah. I don't usually get that many early access stuff because I'll just I want the final product. Like I want to know what you have. Um, yeah. but this game in particular was great. Uh I think it's a great model for early access. I think some games shouldn't be in early access and some games should, but this one 
definitely makes sense to be there. I started getting heavy in on the early access games about a year, a year and change ago, where I probably started going hard and heavy, hot and heavy on several different early access games that for months and months at a time, I was like, okay, hello, hello. You know, and I'd already gotten yeah. way more than my money's worth out of time out of what they had, but I was suddenly offended that there wasn't more, that we were never getting closer to the target. Oh, no. Yeah, and, and like several games at, that I bought within the span of a couple months all ended up being oh, this way. terrible. And I won't call them out, you know, right now. We've talked about that kind of stuff in the past, but it, it is one of those things where it's just like, boy, I'm looking forward to this model becoming a little more refined. And so it's good, yeah. to, it's good to hear that some of those are coming out, you know, with, with enough features to kind of keep everybody engaged. Right. And I, well, I mean, a lot of people have different, and this dovetails into a whole new thing, this storm of philosophical discussions this week with valve and mods and stuff. But I personally, I know that some people get frustrated in different points, different anecdotal stories, but uh, I personally support valves kind of model and, um, and mission to say we're, we set up the platform and it's completely open and the good stuff will bubble up to the top and the bad stuff will drop off. Right. And if somebody, is looking on there and says, I want to buy this game and that game sucks. It's like, that's nobody's fault except for the person that bought it. It's like, um, valve wants to say, I don't know. It's like, I think valve just wants to be like Walmart, even less curated. Yeah. And say like anybody can sell their games here yeah. and then you decide what games you want to buy. We have early access. Anybody can put their game into early access and you decide what you want to pay for. Right. Um, I think we're kind of in this weird middle ground where people are used to very curated storefronts and they'll buy something and they'll be like, whoa, this yeah. is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and there's some moderation that obviously has to be done and it's all work in progress. But yeah. I like the the end goal overarching mission and, and vision. I mean, I like the fact that they've started adding the uh, the personal touches, you know, with like the game suggestions and, you know, things that are suggested based on scores that you've given other things and stuff yeah, like that. Sure, Trying sure. to kind of help you find a sort of because there have been things that have popped up on that list for me that would have I've never, ever seen on the front page yeah. or even, yeah. you know, or let alone featured or anything yeah, like that. Same here. So it, it's and nice to be getting some of that extra exposure. And Val, I don't know, like. The more you work with Valve, the more you kind of appreciate and respect their work. It's easy to hate on them from the outside. Um, but like their front page stuff is not. I was going to. I don't. Th I should be able to say this. I have to be able to say this. This is not privileged information. Um, of course it's not. The, I mean, they're, uh, the, their storefront's not like bought and paid for. Like it's all like because there's this much interest in the game. Therefore, we're showing you this banner. You know, yeah. it's not just like. Oh, guess what? Mortal Kombat's out this week. Here's here's what's new. It's like Mortal Kombat, you know, 500,000 people have already bought Mortal Kombat, so therefore, we're putting this up there. It's right. all kind of curated and kind of backed by numbers and stuff. It's not just, hey, Activision gave us $5 million. We yeah. put this here. Here's Kanan Lynch um, 2, blood money on everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like, it's all very kind of custom curated and um, not bought and paid for. Right. It's all uh, organic. That's good to know. We're big Steam fans here. Yeah, uh, to probably to a fault. <laughs> I know, I know uh, some of our some of our uh, listeners have have talked about uh, the consoles getting under undervalued, but we've looked to uh, make some changes in that oh, regard no, lately. I love, I love my PS4. I have an Xbox One as well. I 
uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people lean towards their PlayStation 4s right now, though. Yeah, I, I had to make the... I, Chris knows what kind of agony I went through when I was finally the day I decided to make the leap. <laughs> and just like how I was trying to talk myself out of one and then talk myself out of the other and then talk myself out of the other one. And I just... And I'm like, you know what? I'm ripping off the Band-Aid. I've had two Xboxes in a row. And I've, I've never... I've never had more than one console per cycle because I yeah. I don't want to, even though there's games on the other different consoles I want to play, I don't want to feel like I'm stretched too thin. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, I was, shoot, I, I can name every, well, obviously name every console, but each generation I've only had one. And yeah. so I went from three, I'm like, all right, the Xbox and the 360, it's time to do something different. And it seemed like the time was right. Uh, sure. If I was going to make that jump. So. I'm very interested. I think this E3 in particular is going to be interesting because the new consoles have been around for a little longer. Everyone, everyone's kind of gotten a grip on what's capable in that system, what's powerful, yeah, um, what works and what doesn't work. And I feel like the big bets that major publishers, major parties, and stakeholders um, will kind of reveal themselves at E3 this year. I feel like this is a, a time for a lot of people to kind of unveil what they've been working on for a while. I'm betting on all connect year. exclusives from Microsoft. That would be awesome. <laughs> so I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming that I don't, I don't know that for sure. You know, it's not verified yet, yeah. but Hey, well that parlays nicely. Uh, is there anything that you guys are working over there in the, uh, Bandai Namco entertainment eh? yes. <laughs> world that you would like to talk about here today? Um, there's a couple things. I think, um, most recently, like in February, yeah, February, we launched Dragon Ball Xenoverse, and that was fun because it was across all platforms. Yeah. It was on Steam for the first time, and it was on PS4 and Xbox One, and we sold a lot of copies. Like, we've been doing Dragon Ball, licensed Dragon Ball games for a little while, Yeah, and to be, on, uh, to be honest, they were always kind of like hit or miss. Like, some of them were good, some of them were meh. Um, I think our developers and our teams just are slowly getting a better grasp of what's what makes a good game? Yeah. I think a long time ago, we could just make a game, slap a license on it, and it would sell just because it, but now it's, you have to actually have a good game to, to sell. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I think we're getting better. Like Xenoverse was cool. You could make your own custom character in the Dragon Ball world. You could, there was uh, all this like multiplayer lobby stuff. You could walk around and find your friends and how do many quests dots, together. How many dots can I put on my character's forehead? Can oh, I have I like 20, 30, 40 dots? <laughs> Maybe not that many. I, I just, know. you know, I want, I want to tell you, like Krillin meets Hellraiser is kind of where I'm going. <laughs> um, but you could also do like three versus three multiplayer battles. Like there's all sorts of cool stuff. You can customize your guy. You can say like, I want this power from this guy and this power from this guy in the same character. Oh, that's really um, cool. So uh, we just, we launched our, we have three DLC packs for it. We launched our second one. We're about to launch our third one. So that's done really well for us. It's a super fun game to work on. The Dragon Ball community is hilarious and cool. Um, <laughs> and I'd say this year mostly is just a lot of anime stuff for us. Like yeah. We are all in on a lot of different anime stuff. So we'll have um, more Tales stuff coming up. We have our big uh naruto game naruto ultimate Ninja storm 4 is coming out later this year and that's going to be on steam xbox one and ps4 I'm excited for that um and you that and game's Gary crazy yeah like you wouldn't it's i don't know it's easy to just say oh naruto i don't know what that is and i won't play that game but just if you see the animations and how yeah it's awesome really that well game done. looks it's beautiful yeah. uh cyber connect 2 they're the same team that does naruto games they did jojo's games and they did the dot hack games back in the day yeah um, they're a super talented team, so that's fun to watch what they have going on. Um, but yeah, like Naruto will have One Piece is going to be on Steam also. That's like oh. 
Dynasty Warriors esque sort of game. Hello. Like, <laughs> you had me at Dynasty Warriors esque. I am horrible. I'm a horrible so, human being. It's like Dynasty Warriors, but it's skin with One Piece characters. I don't know if you know about One Piece, but I don't. But I've watched. I've watched. It's like uh, yeah. pirate fighting with superpowers, yes. kind of even better. Um, but it's done really well, so that's coming out later. One Piece. Uh, J Stars is coming out soon. J Stars is made a game all about you. Yes, wow. it's me and all. It's me and all of my friends. The perks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, so. Um, Shonen Jump is like a group of anime and manga in Japan. It's kind of like it's like Marvel for anime in Japan. Right. It's like the, the most you know one of the most popular groups of gotcha. anime or manga. And uh, so they have all those people. Uh, J stands for Jump. So they have all the stars from all those anime and manga together in a fighting game. It's like two versus two fighting. Oh, so yeah, it's, so it's like Japanese Marvel versus Capcom. Basically. That's exactly what. It, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. more Japanese Marvel versus Capcom. Yes, and it's uh, all in three D. So um, oh, nice. It's cool. So it's like. Goku and you know Luffy and all these people like you can make your super team and then fight against each other. That's cool. Um, that comes out June thirtieth, um, and that's going to be on PS4 for the first time. So, oh wow. Um, there's just a lot of cool stuff like that. It's a lot of anime for us. I think we got a good Same. lineup this year. Yeah, and we got more announcements in the next few months after E3 and Anime Expo rolls out. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward. You going to be at E3 this year? I will be E3. Once June starts, it's just like nothing but travel E3. Um, and I was talking about anime. So San Diego comic-con and PAX and North, uh, New York comic-con. And I might be at gamescom this year. Hopefully. Yeah. I hope so. We'll see. There you go. So, Hey, if you're on the floor, you're hitting the floor and smelling the funk. <laughs> yeah. Are you, you guys, have you guys ever been out to E3? No. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be awesome to be out there though. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where it's been like the thing that I've contemplated and then gone. No, there's not right. enough not enough pull in me there. Except you know, obviously wanting to be there and see all the stuff. But then I go, do I want to be there? And I'm just gonna be a Joe Schmo off the street. You know, I want to be there right, standing right. in the lines and stuff like that. It's yeah. you know the exclusive the exclusive coverage is like you know the front row front row vip pass yeah right right so i, I and, i've kind of enjoyed experiencing it from that perspective but i don't know it would be one of those things where if if we had something special set up then that would be what would move sure around. and sometimes the, the the paxes are more fun for just kind of like going and hanging out like e3 is very industry focused right like, um, all behind closed door stuff, but yeah. uh, PAX is everything's out front. A lot more about like kind of the average consumer and com- community. Another super cool event that happened for the first time last year was PSX, yeah, uh, the PlayStation Experience, um, and that was in Vegas mm-hmm. and around December, where Sony's just like, you know what, we're doing awesome. Let's have a party for all of our <laughs> friends, uh, which is cool. Yeah. Totally important. Um, so we'll be out there this year, but that's in like December in Vegas, which. Vegas is a weird place, but it's usually pretty cheap to travel to. So yeah, yeah. Shoot, we even have direct flights from our little Podunky airport here yeah. to Vegas. So yeah, and they're well, like, we'll pay you as long as you gamble. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I've, I've known a few travel agents would be like, believe me, we can set this up. We can yeah. we can get you there. And then yeah. something like uh, PSX or PAX might be more interesting yeah I, I have been attracted to the packs uh possibility a few times but it's been a, it's just been a, a never quite lined up but i'm hoping someday soon it will because yeah. one think, of my favorites is anime expo just because i don't know that world very well at all yeah. and those people are super i don't know everyone's always just super happy there it's not as crazy as a comic-con um i don't know it's very positive vibes 
Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But sometimes it seems like the 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 more I I don't want to use the word like use the word niche incorrectly, but you know, the more niche something I'll use it anyway. The more niche <laughs> something is, the more your community when they get together, it's like, I don't care what you're into and what I'm into. We're in the same genre of stuff. Yay, high five. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's like this brotherly love thing that comes out. Sure. So that's one thing I've noticed. So that's cool. That's cool. Awesome. Well, hey, we have uh one listener question we're gonna get to before we tie this one off. If uh have you played any of the Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed games, Jay? Um, a little bit, a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, he doesn't want to admit to it. Uh, no, I mean, like I played the first one. Yeah, and that was fun. It was like one of the prettiest games I'd ever seen when it came out. Yeah. Um, I play the second one a little bit. I don't know. I just play modern off a little bit. Not really hardcore into it. Right. I was hardcore uh, up until I decided to skip Revelations. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit down and play Assassin's Creed 3. And I sat down and after three hours, I went, I'm never playing Assassin's Creed 3 again. <laughs> I do as much as people hate on Ubisoft for like annualization of franchise and stuff yeah. like that. You have to respect their promotional and marketing arm for getting Assassin's Creed to the place that is today. Seriously. Where it's right up there with like Call of Duty and stuff like that. Seriously, you do. You do. Also, I mean, a lot of that falls, I think, on the quality of the first couple games, too. I sure, mean, sure. The, the first one was like, wow, this is an amazing concept, and here are a few issues that it has, but what what a really great thing, you know? And the second one was like, wow, they took that and they resolved all of those hangups from the first one. This is amazing. And the third one was like, okay, more of that with some cool stuff. And then you know, Revelations came out and everybody went, really? Well, okay, I guess. And then Assassin's Creed 3 came out and everybody went, all right, it's broken. I don't know what you did. <laughs> uh, and, and that's how I felt. I, I was late to the party, but uh, we have a question about Assassin's Creed that came. Sure. As an, I'm going to try to read this without getting too far away from the mic area. As an Assassin's Creed player, what time period and location would you like to see in future games? I want I if Assassin's Creed um first of all I like like alternate time periods like yeah. you know like like a, a kind of medieval world that is different than what actual medieval was like yeah. um but I think the most interesting Game of Thrones like, essentially Yeah yeah <laughs> or the most interesting is um um like older Japanese culture, like yeah. medieval Japan is awesome. Uh, it's, I think Japanese culture just is so like visually different and striking. and has so many cool historical things. Like, I don't know. The United States is a country. Isn't that old compared to a lot of other places? No, that's true. And that was one of the, I think one of the hard things about Assassin's Creed three is how do we have tall things? Just put a lot of trees in there. <laughs> just trees um, everywhere. So yeah. Or just, uh, something a little darker, like, I don't know, like, like uh, Jack the Ripper kind of kind of ambiance. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, we haven't been to London, have we? We have not been to London Town yet in an Assassin's Creed. So. so I think just like a this is gonna sound dumb to say darker, darker, grittier, but well, you know, <laughs> hey, hey, you, you dark, gotta know what you like. I think darker will be cooler, but uh, Japan. Go to Japan. <laughs> darker, grittier, <laughs> Japanier. <laughs> Got it. You know what? For me, it would be Prague. Yeah. I want to go to Prague. I want to go in real life. So if I can go in Assassin's Creed, I'd be like, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, like well, halfway there. Yeah. Right. I, well, I mean, Prague first off as being one of the only cities that was virtually untouched by world war two, one of the only big major cities in Europe. 
that it's still got all, a lot of these older buildings and beautiful things. And, but they've, I mean, they've been around forever, you know, and mm-hmm. you go back to like 15th century Prague or something like around the time of like St. Charles, all that stuff. Uh, I think that would be really, really cool. There's a lot of really crazy upheaval type things that went on during that time. Yeah. In Prague. And I used to be really into it, really nerdy about this stuff for some reason. Actually, you know why? Because of Vampire the Masquerade Redemption. It, but you're not now. You're totally over that. No, yeah, no. I'm, everything's fine. I'm normal. <laughs> Look at me be normal. Do, do, do. Uh, but the uh, uh, when I played Vampire the Masquerade Redemption, the first half of the game takes place, I think, in 10th century Prague. And I think that's why I started reading on the internet about Prague. I was like, I don't know anything sure. about this city, you know, and just became fascinated with it, you know. I think it would be a really, really great setting, and like both story wise and just visually for an Assassin's Creed game. Sure. Also, when do they go to the future? Like when Assassin's Creed Advanced Warfare? I mean, it happens eventually, right? Like even if it's like five years down the road, like you well, you know, hey, aren't the modern aren't the modern times in the games of the near future? So every yeah. game is when you go into the future. Right. But yeah, no, when when does That's it- like the base of the travel where you travel to has to be some uh, cyberpunk Blade Runner. Yeah. Assassin's Creed. Mind I blown. would probably play that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be something different, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I really think that's kind of where I am with Assassin's Creed games. I think I'm kind of in the same mindset that I have been for a long time with like Call of Duty, which I have not played the last many iterations of Call. I, last one I played sure. was uh, Black Ops 1, the first Black Ops. And uh, and even then, I'd skipped a couple prior to that. It's kind of like, you know what? I don't need to play them every year. I'm going to treat them like they're not annualizable franchises. Pay attention to which, you know, which developing house is making which one, and then just circle back every now and then. Yeah. And maybe I'm too easy to please and get excited, but I don't know. Call of Duty, every time it comes around, I think I'm over, and I'm like, no, this looks fun. I can oh, do this again. <laughs> you're, you're Every year, you're a Call of Duty? Call, Call yeah, of Duty pretty much. And it's not... I don't know. Like it's such an easy game to pick up and play for like an hour and then be like, okay, I'm done. I don't know. I play multi, I play online a lot. So I used to be a lot better than I am now. I'm pretty trash now, probably Um, getting to know that with mortal Kombat. like playing that online. God, I'm bad at this game. I've never been able to play a fighting game online to save my soul at all. (laughs) But uh, yeah, every year it comes around. I'm like, cool. Like I could, I could do this for a couple weekends. It's fun. Um, But black ops is probably my favorite. Like, um, I don't know angle they've taken yeah uh, so black ops three blops three let's play let's, blops let's three, do it. Yeah. hey we got somebody on board for the blops three i <laughs> i was surprised to find out they were making a yeah. blops three and maybe it's like i don't know i think part of it comes with working in the gaming industry you meet a lot of people and you have friends that go different places and eventually you just want to help support your friends <laughs> like yeah, like i have sure. some friends who are doing like all the online media social campaigns for black ops three and it's like Good job, guys. Like, this is fun. Yeah. I'll buy your game. <laughs> well, I imagine on top of that, you've probably got, you know, when uh, being in the industry, I imagine you've got a friends list of the length of your arm so that when there's people online playing virtually any game that's recent when you jump on, right? Oh, yeah. I, what's really funny is the, uh, like, the people that I meet who run, like, YouTube channels or Twitch streams and, like, I've become friends with them. And it's, like, it's funny because they'll go in, like, droves. It's like, okay. Everybody, every single person is playing Mortal Kombat this month. Next month, <laughs> every single person is playing The Witcher. Next month, every single person is playing this. Um, they move along pretty quick because they got to make content. See, I, I see the exact opposite. Every time I get on, I see every single person's watching Netflix. 
hey, but that's that's what I'm doing. They're all playing whatever, what's new, and I'm watching uh, Planet Earth because that's on Netflix now. Yep. Oh, amazing. Yeah, that's going to happen soon. That's going to yep. happen soon. Well, hey, let's tie this one up. It's been a while. Thank you so much for joining us, Jay. Yeah, thanks Jay, a lot, Jay. Jay Carty uh, from, uh, from uh, Bandai Namco Entertainment. Yes. I'm going to say it Thank that you. way. I'm going to always announce it now because I'm proud of it <laughs> that I'm getting it right. Hey, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, hey, we want to encourage everybody to follow us on Twitter at Press Play to Save for up to minute news on deals and things like that as they come along. If you wait for the podcast, you might be too late. You might be. So follow us on Twitter. Also, Jay, let's do a shout out for your what's your uh, Twitter handle? It's uh, Jay Karchi, J K A R T J E. That's right. So That's my first initial last name. There you go. Very simple. So follow Jay on Twitter for uh, everything he's got going on in his musings. And then mm-hmm. also, hey, won't you jump on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get podcasts and give us a nice positive rating uh, so that we can reach out and uh, reach more listeners just like you. Am I right, guys? Yes. That's yeah. what it's all about. Mm-hmm. It's all about coming mm-hmm. together the wealth. with your fellow, your fellow <laughs> dude and dudette. That's a term that doesn't get enough love these days. I agree. Yeah. In the meantime, <laughs> I'm your, I've been your host, Mr. Corey T. Wilson over there. Uh, Christopher, I have to read it off my water bottle. Glacier, Glacier stump. And, uh, and Stephen, not Jay Howie. And hey, of course, yeah. Hey, uh, Assassin's Creed and Temple of Doom crossover. Oh. Think about it. Starring Harrison my, Ford. My face just melted. Oh, wait, no, that's not Temple of Doom. It could be that my one heart too, just jumped out of my chest and fell in a lava pit. There yeah. we go. That worked. <laughs> that worked. And of course, uh, Jay, once again, thanks. Thanks for joining us. In the meantime, That's everybody. Fun. Hey, you, hey, before I before I knock it out, before I burn it out, oh, psych. Hey, uh, <laughs> speaking of a term that doesn't get enough love, <laughs> you don't think psych gets enough love? I think psych got enough love uh, in the nineties more than anything. Come back, but, man. What's that? Nothing. Yeah. Speaking of comeback, man. Hey, Jay, we'd really like to invite you to uh, to come back anytime you'd like to. Anytime you got something you want to talk about, we'd love to have you back. Sure. Right, Maybe um, after this uh, conference season, and we have a lot more to talk about. Yeah, sure. and a, that'd be awesome. Fewer things you have to worry about not talking about, right? Sure. Sure. All right. Look, uh, look over all my NDAs. <laughs> In the meantime, that's something listeners can look forward to because I got to have something. Am I right, boys? Sure. Yeah. Thanks a lot for joining us, everybody. We are out. Peace.